0: Welcome, everybody! It's time once again to grab your board, swim out into the sea of ideas, and see if you can't catch that sales pipeline that starts to curl up over the horizon out there. And with the one man who's always ready to catch a catch a wave, it's Matt Hines. How are you, Paul? You know, I'm confused today. I, I normally yes. banter a little bit about sports, but this is the time of year I just can't wrap my head around it. We've got college football. We got real football <laughs> nfl football <laughs> we've got baseball still going on what the heck is with that and now the lakers oh my god we are going to start with uh, lebron James. Yeah, here
1: we go here we go i don't know you which know, one this is to- this is a sales pipeline show and a an, and and, and a periodic <laughs> college football show this will not become a lakers show <laughs> i you was hoping to all come on the fans of past showtime classic showtime potential new showtime um <laughs> It is kind of a fun time of the year. I, I, I think, uh, other than the week, like in April, you've got a week when baseball starts. Like there's opening day for baseball. Right. There's the end of March Madness, the Final Four, and then in the end of that week is typically the Masters golf tournament. Oh. So that oh. I think is the greatest week of sports of the calendar year. I think the greatest month is is October because yeah. you've got you've got all the sports. You've got college. You've got pro be- pro football. You get the baseball playoffs. If you're if you're if you're a you know a hockey and uh, basketball fan, things kick off as well. Very fun. Um, welcome to Sales Pipeline, everybody. My name is Matt Hines. Uh, if I don't sound like I usually do, it's because I am not in the uh, home studio back in Redmond, Washington. I am at the Denver Airport today, at the Admirals Club. We had a breakfast with 24 CMOs and chief marketing uh, leaders in uh, downtown Denver this morning and had a lot of fun with that I've been doing some of those around the country getting some Cmos together to talk about sales pipeline talk about how to create more predictable sales pipeline production but uh, before I head off to Seattle excited to join everyone today if you're listening to us live on the sales uh, funnel media radio network thank you very much for joining us we are here live every Tuesday at 11: 30 Pacific 230 Eastern if you're joining via the podcast. Thank you so much for subscribing. Uh, very exciting to contend. very humbling, quite frankly, to see the numbers that we have on the podcast grow week to week in the downloads and subscribers. And every episode of Sales Pipeline Radio, past, present, and future, is always available at salespipelineradio.com. We regularly are featuring, yes, Paul,
0: I don't want you to tout the numbers too much because I told your next guest that it's just three of us chatting here. So
1: there's just this, right? There's <laughs> just this is a recorded call for our own personal purposes. Uh, it's all good. I am very excited to have our guest today. I've been, I've wanted to get her on the on the podcast for a long time. She's a crazy busy person. Um, she's had a lot going on uh, all year, and I'm just really excited. We were able to. I'm, well, I was excited she was able to fit in. Let's put that put it that way. As you know, for those of you that have been listening to the podcast for a while. We feature some of the best and brightest people in B2B sales and marketing, uh, and today is absolutely no different. Very, very excited to have event marketing management leader and the "quote unquote" crusader against boring events, uh, Laura Vogel, join us on the on the program today. Laura, thanks so much for joining us.
2: Thank you for having me, guys. I'm really excited to be here. This is awesome.
1: So if you if you're in B2B and you've been either at the old Eloqua experience conferences or if you've been at the recent um, serious decisions conferences you have experienced the level of exceptionalism that is a Laura Vogel event uh, down to the little details and all the things that make it worthwhile for the host for the attendees for the sponsors and uh, if you've ever done any kind of event production or event management, you know how hard that is and how big of a job it is. And she makes it look easy. So, very excited to have you on the on the call today and on the program today, Lauren. I know the thing we were talking about. I mean, events. We could talk. We could we could fill a whole year of programs and talk about events management. I think the thing that you seem passionate about and that I am as well is uh, the idea that you don't necessarily create an event and then just assume everyone's going to show up right? I mean, like, you know, this morning for our CMO breakfast, we had a great hotel downtown Denver, had got a great catered meal. We had bacon, the eggs, the whole deal. But if you just assume that people are going to come by sending them one email or just, you know, get it, sending one tweet, you're probably fooling yourself. So I want to spend some time today talking about the difference between producing events and marketing events. So tell us a little bit of how you think about that difference
2: today. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you're so right, because that's the biggest challenge, I think, with a lot of event uh, managers these days is that what they're tasked with is they're great at being able to produce an event, but that's just that's just step one. And what they really have to do is get butts in seats. You know, anybody can, not anybody, but a great event manager is just expected to be able to produce the great event. And what they now have to do is produce the great events and thank you for your accolades. I, I so appreciate them. I want to make sure I say that. That's so kind. Um, but that's, that's almost a given these days, the given that you're going to be able to do the seamless execution and have the amazing production and get magic Johnson on the stage. And you're going to do that and it's going to look flawless and there's going to be no mistakes. Really cool. Awesome. Good job. Okay, cool. You can do that. <laughs> now it's you can do that, but how do we get the people there? How do we make sure that we've got 2,000, 3,000, 5,000 people in the room? Because what's really happening is, if you think about the spring or you think about the fall, especially with B2B marketing events, there has never been more competition than there is today. Right. With these right. B2B marketing and sales events, there are just mountains of them. And we could name 10 of them easy, um, and I don't want to leave anyone out, so I'm not going to do that. And so, <laughs> but, you know, you can list them off your head, rattle them off. And so what everybody's trying to do is they're competing for a lot of the same people. And so the question is for the event manager, how do I get out there and get the folks? And so that's the really tricky part, is not only am I now expected to create this beautiful event, create the seamless event, but I also have to be the marketer as well and work with the marketing team. I don't want to leave the marketing team out. They provide, uh, they are a powerful resource. They are expected to absolutely work in concert um, with the events team. Um, but that's one of the big asks now: is making sure that that gap isn't a gap.
1: So, I mean, a good event can itself be a marketing channel, right? I mean, if if you have an event that develops a good reputation, where people come back and they say, "I have to go to that again because it was a great experience, there was great content, there was great networking." I mean, that alone and the you know the 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 word of mouth of good events can certainly help. Uh, but that assumes that you've been doing it for a while and you've taken the time to build that reputation. What are some of your best practices if, if people are listening to this? say, listen, we're going to be we're going to be doing our own events next year. We're going to do a road show. We're going to kind of do some of our own stuff. What are some of the best practices that you find most successfully work when companies do try to market their own events to get butts and seats?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So the number one thing I tell people is they have to really start with their marketing campaign when they start thinking about their content. I think what people tend to do is they start thinking about the marketing far too late in the game. And they really have to take it way back. And it really starts to happen when they're thinking about their content, which tends to to come first. They start thinking about their content a year in advance, and they say, okay, what's going to be our theme? How are we going to create our agenda? And how are we going to do those things? When you do that, that's when you're thinking about your marketing. Because those two things go hand in hand. You want your marketing to be in concert with those agenda announcements. And how are you going to do those things? And how are you going to really create a cadence of, okay, I want to make sure that I can create these um, price points, right? So I want to do an early bird special. Well, I need to make sure that I've announced my keynote prior to that early bird ending, so I'm giving people a reason to buy that ticket before that ends. And I've announced at least Mm -hmm. somewhat of my content before then so that they have a reason to say, well, there's no agenda up. I'm not giving them any motivation to buy that ticket at that price point. I haven't given them anything to, to do. So you're sort of looking at it and saying, well, I should have had a hockey stick at this point. Why am I not seeing that jump? So you really need to back it up and think, okay, I'm doing my marketing. I'm doing my price points. I'm doing my content and all of those things have to work together. So I think that's really important for people. Uh, I think that's the number one thing. And I think it's things that that is one thing that gets missed a lot. I think the other thing is the website. And I know that probably seems really basic. And of course, I'm going to do a website, Laura. That's, you know, why would anybody hire you as a, as a consultant or anything? But I think what people tend to forget is the website is a living, breathing item that you have to update and work on every single day. It is your most powerful tool. And I think oftentimes people say, okay, we're going to update it four times throughout the course. I just had a client that was their first conference. And they really weren't thinking about the fact that they needed to be having a A website cadence when we were updating this we had v1 v2 v3 v4 v5 v6 we had so many different website versions because it's the way to drive traffic to know what's going on all these different exciting things that you're doing and it's how you get people excited so I think that's really important and oftentimes it gets underutilized and people don't really anticipate the workload that's going to go in and they don't um, provide the resources from the web team or the events team or the marketing team, and it's really important to allocate for that so you get down the road and you think, oh, my gosh, I don't have the resources to create this amazing landing page, and now I've got Magic Johnson or the Naked Ladies or whomever it is, and you want to be able to create that awesome image or that awesome page, and you want to be able to show that you have the resources for it. I think those are two really important things to be doing.
1: Yeah, love it. We're talking today on Sales Pipeline Radio with Laura Vogel. She is one of, if not the best, B2B event marketing managers in the game. She was the director of global events for the Oracle Marketing Cloud, the senior director of global events for Serious Decisions. If you've been to a B2B event in the last few years, you've probably experienced a lot of her great work. And, you know, we're talking about the ways you can leverage the agenda to get people to your event. And I want to get your perspective on sort of what I think about is the sizzle and the steak. Uh, You know, I see a lot of conferences make a really big deal about, you know, their headliners, right? Oh, we got Jamie Foxx coming and, you know, let's mention Naked Ladies or, you know, DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince doing a show. Like that's all that's all really actually exciting. What a lot of companies do when they try to justify spending thousands of dollars to send their demand gen people or to send someone to a conference. It's not just because I want you to go to a party. It's like, what are you going to learn? What are you going to bring back? And so the sizzle may be the exciting keynote or the concert. The stake is like what's on the agenda. What's the best way, Lord, to balance those two things together to to really maximize getting people to convert and say yes?
2: Absolutely, and you're and you're right. Um, and I would like to point out that if I ever have the opportunity to hire DJ Jazzy Jeff, I will absolutely be doing. It. Thank you for the pattern. <laughs> I'm writing it down as we speak. Not the front, not for because you know, obviously, Will Smith overplayed, but DJ Jazzy Jeff. So, um, you're right. And that's something that we struggle with as event managers. And as I mentioned, it is such a crowded marketplace that you go, do I need this? Do I need Neo or, or Bare Naked Ladies or any of those things? And it's such, it's so competitive. And I really do think that at the end of the day, it's both the content and really the networking that gets people there. And so what we try to focus on or I try to focus on, or I tell my clients is think of ways to push that agenda forward. So when you look at a justification letter on a website and things that we tell our um, account managers as they're calling their clients or we put this in videos, we focus on saying these are the things that you're going to go home with. Here are the three action items that you're going to be able to do when you get back to your desk on Monday morning. And that focuses on the takeaways from the breakout sessions and the keynotes, and it doesn't focus on DJ Jazzy Jeff, and it doesn't focus on Magic Johnson. It really focuses on what you're going to learn from the actual sessions that are being taught by either the customer case studies or say the serious decisions that have been analyst session. But that really focuses on, like you said, the stake and not the sizzle. And so you see that in, like I said, the justification letters I focus, like you mentioned, on the website. I really tell my clients to make sure they have a website and that agenda page where you can filter a lot of these great event management tools these days, certain, C-Vent, all those. They've got great tools that allow you to filter by breakouts and by type. And that really allows you to see, okay, is it by role? Is it by persona? Is it by type? Is it by track? All those things. And drive your marketing to those so that you can do role-based marketing and say, this is why your role has to be at this event because if you don't, all of your peers are going to learn these things and you're going to be left behind. And that's based on what you need to know on Monday, not because of what DJ Jazzy Jeff is going to do at the party. And so yeah. I think you can, it's, it's a mistake to not have the sizzle, but you want to really focus a lot of it on the take home on the stakes.
1: Yeah, it's a balancing act for sure. Uh, I will tell you, I don't know if I'm going to make you jealous of this, a dream here a couple weeks ago, right? They one of the vendors Had a party, and the headliners at the party were Dougie Fresh and Slick Rick. And it was, it was pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, yeah, and I get we're going to have to take que- a lot. Go ahead.
2: Yeah. No, I was just going to say, I've got a question a lot from people that, you know, clients that say, how do I get people to my trade show booth?" And it's, it's challenging now because there is so much competition. And so, and people are just, there's so much shiny, so many shiny objects. And it's it's trying to find that balance between you know getting people to your party and and getting the folks in the room. And so you really do it's it's tough to find that balance. But um, I think there's a way to do it. I think you can. But you got to have that content there. Um, or it's, at the end of the day, it's not a conference worth attending.
1: Right. I I agree with that. We got to take a quick break, pay some bills. We're going to be back with more with Laura Vogel on Sales Pipeline Radio, talking about events, talking about. The chicken and the egg. Do you market a great event or does a great event get marketed and sort of build some momentum? We're going to talk about ways to do that. We'll be right back. Sales Pipeline Radio.
0: Are you tired of sending sales emails and wondering if they ever even get opened? If so, you need MailTag. MailTag is a Chrome browser extension for your Gmail that allows you to track your emails in real time. You receive alerts right on your desktop as soon as your emails are read. And as a special thank you for being a listener of this show, we've teamed up with MailTag to provide you guys with da da, 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 special discount on your MailTag subscription. Just type in the word Heinz, H-E-I-N-Z. You can get 50% off for life. Yeah, 50% off for life. What do you got to lose but uh, that question mark hanging over whether your emails got opened. Be sure to check out MailTag.com. IO. I know it's a little different. mailtag.io to start your completely free 14-day trial, no credit card required, and afterwards, put in that code hines and get 50% off for life. You'll thank us afterwards.
2: The way we do business is advancing faster than ever before. Yet amongst the disruptions, there's one pillar that stays standing through it all, the power of a relationship relationships are at the core of everything. So how are today's organizations developing, nurturing, and leveraging them to drive success? Join Matt Hines and Sigster's VP of Marketing, Justin Keller, for the on-demand webinar, The State of Relationship Marketing, and learn how your team can bridge the gaps between relationships and revenue. Listen now at HinesMarketing.com. That's H-E-I-N-Z Marketing.com.
0: And yes, we said H E I N Z. We didn't say Slick, Rick, or any of these other names that dropped in here.
1: (laughs) Kept it simple. Kept it simple, Paul. Times like the ketchup, not the cake box. That's how we do it (laughs) here. All right. Uh, Yeah, very excited to have MailTag with us. MailTag.io. They are uh, our our newest sponsor at Sales Pipeline Radio. And literally this week, uh, you know, I spent um, Tuesday, we did our CMO breakfast in Salt Lake City. We did it this morning in Denver last night. Uh, did a, we did a, a dinner with some, some VPs of sales with the team from Outreach. And, um, you know, even amongst that group, you know, like I, I hear MailTag talked about more and more often from people that are looking for something simple but effective to manage their, their outbound emails. So uh, thank you again, to MailTag, but got a lot more today with Laura Vogel. Very excited to have her on Sales Pipeline Radio. And Laura, before the break, we were talking about the sizzle mistake and how to balance sort of the meaty part of the agenda with sort of the headliners that can really sort of be juicy and attractive. I wanna talk about some other elements of good shows. Like what are things you've noticed that have the highest correlation with success and satisfaction rates at the end of a show that might grease the wheels for people to more likely come to the next show or tell their friends they could go there? What are some of the elements of shows and of the show experience that you've noticed um, are most important?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I think number one, obviously, as we mentioned sort of right before the break was, number one is you have to have the good content. So You mentioned there was an eloquent oracle on serious decisions, and every single time we put on a conference at any of those functions, um, it was always driven by good, solid content, whether it was by an analyst, by a customer, even by a sponsor. uh, The focus had to be on that content was solid. And because at the end of the day, there's going to be a lot of other things, but people are going to always come for good content. So I think the method in the way that that content is being delivered is changing. And that is what people are looking for. They don't want um, what uh, we, you know, sort of call, you know, um, sort of stand and shout, right? So someone's sort of standing on the stage and just kind of preaching at you. Um, That's kind of changing a little bit. I've seen some good conferences doing more innovative roundtable discussions and un-sessions where people just come into a room and they discuss and say, okay, we're going to vote on a content and we're going to discuss it. People want interactive sessions. People want um, more opportunities to network within the room. So even things that felt old, sort of like birds of a feather, which feels like an old kind of way, people really want to be able to talk about the problems they're having within their role with other people in their role. And then they want someone who is a subject matter expert, whether it be an analyst or a customer or someone um, from the product, they want to be able to talk about that with them. So I think content, yes, is king, but then how you are able to manage that content delivery. Um, I was actually looking at a an agenda the other day with Forrester, and I saw on their website they're actually doing these three different types of sessions within their breakouts. And so you can actually go and it'll sort of rotate. And one is a regular sort of breakout. The second one is a roundtable that's moderated by an analyst. And then the third is more of like a, an unsession sort of creative networking workshop. And I thought that was really innovative, um, especially for a um, sort of standard analyst firm. And I liked that they were taking a different approach um, and full disclosure. I used to work for Forrester back in the day. So um, that's different than when I worked there. And I liked that. I liked that a sort of traditional firm was taking a, a sort of modern approach to it. So I think that's really, really important in the way you do it. Um, so content- I agree. And then I think. Yeah. Um, Networking would be my other one. Networking, networking, Mm -hmm. networking. People want to connect with other people. Um, Mobile apps are changing this for events, and people want to be able to find other folks, and they want to be able to connect with them, and they want to be able to talk to them and say, here's a challenge I'm having. Are you having this challenge too? How did you solve it? So finding ways to be able to do that at your conference is should be one of your number one things that you're working on, um, either with your technology provider or within your event management team. I have done it within mobile apps where you can create, um, like I said, really birds of a feather, breakfasts, luncheons, conversations. I think that's, that's such a huge part of it.
1: You know, one of the things we haven't really talked about at all, we talked a lot about you know the marketing of the event, what you prioritize interested you know how you get people in the room we haven't talked about it and i think when you think about the objectives of your events that you know which comes what includes the audience you're going after that might imply and give you direction on what type of events to do and so talk a little bit about the thought process companies should go through when they're trying to target you know practitioners versus executives you know when you're thinking about doing a lunch and learn versus a networking breakfast versus you know something that is more product oriented um, you know, there's a time and place for everything, but like how, how should people think about objectives, audience, and then execution?
2: So I think if I'm thinking about it correctly, like in terms of, you know, how your audience receives their invitation, if I'm, if I'm understanding it correctly. So, you know, we think about this a lot because depending on how your audience is, I, you know, my one of my more recent conferences, if you think about serious decisions, I mean, does the C-Suite even open their email anymore? Um, is, I mean, I can't think of anyone that, that does, and so it's sort of challenging to think about, okay, how do I get those? Practitioners, right, we, we, they want to talk about product, and so you go product first, and you think about, okay, how do I get to them, and how do I focus on them, and right for what you just did with the lunch and learn, they're going to go product first, and they are going to open their emails, and they're going to think about, okay, here's what I'm going to talk about, and I can approach them that way, or I can approach from them from an account manager perspective, and they're going to answer the phone. They're gonna, they're gonna pick up the phone if someone calls them. That's not necessarily the case with everybody. So we've, we've done some creative things. Um, we've done creative things where we do auto dialers for people that we do think will listen to their voicemails. Again, depending on who they are and who the audience is. I'm actually, and I know this might sound crazy and you can tell me that I am. Um, that's okay. Uh, I'm actually a fan of direct mail for things like the C-suite. I just don't think they answer their email or look at their email from from unsolicited. And I don't I don't think they listen to voicemail. And so I think if you're trying to get Cecily to high-level executive events, like a breakfast or a luncheon, I think you can do a direct mail piece that's really high-end and really exclusive. And I think it works. It just has to be very oh, targeted.
1: I, I completely agree with you. I think that, you know, too often – You know, as marketers, we try to get lowest possible costs and we think about what it costs versus what it's worth. So, I mean, as you're talking about getting sort of those C-suite to an event, trying to break through the noise and get something that doesn't just break through the noise and communicate to them, but create something of value. I mean, I use this example a lot. Like if you go and ask Salesforce.com sales execs, people that are selling to the Fortune 100 CIOs, you ask them what their best marketing channel is. And the answer I hear most often is dinners. It's getting something of value Mm -hmm. for people. Like last night we had, you know, we're sitting here in Denver. We had, you know, a bunch of VPs of sales and CROs in the room. Um, You know, a good Manhattan and a good steak at a decent restaurant. Because you're not getting too pitchy. Like you're promoting... The networking opportunity, you're you're, been, you're building some value for the organization. There will be a time and a place to sell, but before you have the opportunity to pitch, you have to get someone's attention. And so I think that that time and place becomes really important. We got just a couple more minutes here with Laura Vogel. Uh, very excited to have her and sharing some of the information she has here. We will have uh, a replay of this uh, entire episode on salespipelineradio.com here in a couple days. But Laura, before we go, just want to ask you the last question we ask most guests around the people that have been most influential for you in your career. they can be managers, they could be professors, they can be people that have been long dead, but who are a couple people that you've learned from over the years that you'd recommend other people check out as well?
2: Sure, um, so I, first and foremost, I always have to say, I, I joined, I started, one of the, that's a lot of words, I am one of the few people that have actually only ever had a position with events in their title. A lot of people come to events from various different places and I'm really fortunate that I, Randomly got an event, not randomly, nothing I do is that random, I'm sure you would agree. I started doing events in college, and I got an internship at a small events agency in Boston called The Castle Group. And the woman who runs it, it's a a woman-owned organization, and they have been running this company for 22 years. And the woman who owns it, co-owns it, is a woman named Wendy Spivak. And I worked there as an intern my senior year of college, and then they gave me a job, and I was there for six years. And she taught me so much that I know about making every experience special and everything has to be seamless and all the things that people compliment me on about how everything should have that sort of Laura Vogel touch, all those kind of like very special moments. A lot of that comes from that experience and I really I really owe that to them. And I'm always just very proud to say that I started at a woman-owned business and it's still um, thriving today. Um, and so I'm, I'm really proud of that. And then also, and this is not a name that will be a surprise to you, but my first manager at Series Decisions was a was a gentleman named Brad Gillespie, and he was the, the CMO there, um, and now he actually is the VP of Marketing for Enterprise at, at Um And I came to Series Decisions as their um, director of events and still had a lot to learn, I think, about marketing in, in that space. And, and he really taught me a lot there, and, and so it was really um, great to learn from him and and so, um, and just as a manager as well. So, um, I consider those two, um, very pivotal people, um, in my life and, and my space, certainly. So, um, lots to learn from them still and, and they still do every day. So awesome.
1: Well, thank you for that, and, and Laura, thank you so much for taking time. I know you're you've been crazy busy lately, and have some new stuff coming up that uh, we can talk about later. But very excited to have you here. Thank you so much for joining us on Sales Pipeline Radio. For those of you listening, if you want to make sure other people in your marketing team, your events team, get some of Laura's best practices, you'll be able to listen to this episode on demand. Sales Pipeline Radio in a couple of days, and in about a week, we'll have a highlights from this episode up on Heinz Marketing coms got some great guests coming up over the next couple of weeks. We've got Jeb Blount, author of the new book Objections. We've got the king of selling, Jeffrey Gitomer himself, will be joining us on Sales Pipeline Radio in a couple of weeks. We're out of time for today. I got to go catch a flight. Paul, on behalf of my great producer, Paul, this is Matt Hines. Thanks again for listening to us on Sales Pipeline Radio.
0: You've been listening to Sales Pipeline Radio, brought to you by the good folks at Matt Hines Marketing, right here on the Funnel Radio Network for At mm-hmm. Work listeners like you.